0: Welcome in to another edition of the Roost podcast. I am Matthew Bartlett here with you guys this guy's this week Carter couldn't make it, but in his stead we do have a special guest Jamie Arrington joining us from to the top talk podcast to talk some Southern myths and for bearing with me as I remember this time to hit the record button how are you doing again? did you hit the record button I did I think there's All a right. dot flashing <laughs> at me that's that's how this works right
1: yeah you know to be honest with you um I'm slightly bummed right now. They just had the NBA draft lottery, um, and I didn't move any. But you guys in Houston, you're uh, up at number two. So congratulations for that.
0: Uh, you could do worse than two.
1: Could do a lot worse than two. And um, gosh, at this point, best player available, man. So congratulations now, on that.
0: I, I, that's good news. And I'll roll with it. And this gets, gets me thinking, how many podcasts have y'all done over the years at, at To The Top Talk?
1: Um, you know, that's a great question, and and really it's tough to trace because I started with a radio uh, network, and then when we moved to the radio station, we switched to iTunes, so it's kind of tough to track, but we ah. has to be in the, it has to be, you know, I'd probably say, um, maybe about 300-ish. That's pretty I'm good. I, I think yeah.
0: this is going to be... Uh, 78. Okay. Which is pretty good over, over a couple years. Let's see. Yeah. 78. I, I, we have forgotten to hit record. Lost one show in (laughs) 78 tries.
1: That's pretty good. And that
0: was not this show.
1: (laughs) That's pretty good. And we, we have to like, we, the good thing is, uh, the way we record is through Skype and the Skype recorder we use. Thank goodness, um, one of my co-hosts, Jason, has had his on because there's been several times where we've recorded and it's been like, oh, that file just didn't show up. So um, that's pretty impressive that you've only messed up one time. That's pretty
0: well, good. Well, then we've messed up more times, but but only one of
1: them wasn't saved. It's pretty epic to record an entire show and then realize that it's not there. <laughs> so it's
0: Yeah, it's that feeling when you hang up the call and then no no recording pops up.
1: Right. And exactly. then you're like,
0: "What did we just talk about for an hour?" <laughs> I wish I could remember what show that was. I don't know. I think it was a midweek show where we recapped the game and previewed it, and it got cut in, cut in half the second time. Probably yeah, wasn't well, Southern Miss because we have we have way too much good things to say about Southern Miss, right?
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, oh, <laughs> the only thing we say about rice, like, I mean, we we probably had some choice words up in football the past couple of years, but you know, um in baseball it's rice is still rice. That's 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 like every time we play Come it's like, hey Rice is still rice. You know, they, they still could, could sneak up on you even if they're they're down, so
0: Yeah, that was a wild thing this year, man. There was there was talent here and there, but just it, everything didn't come
1: together. Yeah, it was it was very strange. You just you, you kind of expect you know, you kind of expect for, for rice to uh to be up there at the top every year. And it's been, it's been kind of odd for, for you guys not to be there, but I'm sure it won't be long to, for you to make your way back up.
0: Yeah, we were talking. I think it was pre-record the hiring of Jose Cruz Jr. got us is pretty excited around here. So have some familiarity in somebody who's, who's taken Rice to Omaha, which is more than, more than a lot of teams in Conference USA can probably say. How many CUSA teams have been to Omaha? I feel like uh, that's a good trivia question.
1: That's a great trivia question. Rice, Southern Miss, maybe. I don't know if Old Dominion has. I, why I wanted to say they had, I don't know. If they have, it's been a long time. Other than that, I mean, there haven't. It's, you know, as far as like while they were in CUSA, there really hasn't been that many. Um, you know, perhaps there were some other ventures where some of these teams made it out. Louisiana Tech never made it. So I can say that with confidence.
0: <laughs> um, no, no, uh, no reason why they in particular were the one that got called out now.
1: Oh, because I know for a fact they haven't made it. <laughs> That's the only reason.
0: Yeah. Now I'm, I, I guess Conference USA won or Conference USA Old Dominion won conference for the first time this year. Is that right? I yeah. Think that sounds. It,
1: right. As far as Conference USA, I don't know about their history much further than that.
0: Okay. So we will we'll go Google that. We'll find something out. I I'm sure somebody will will fill us in. But come to think of it, yeah, that has got to be a pretty pretty short list. It's a nice yeah. one to be on, though.
1: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And and no, it does not appear that uh, Old Dominion has been in the uh, College World Series.
0: Okay. So if you are a Conference USA fan listening to this and you need to remind us that your team made the College World Series, please, please do. But so far, we're going under the uh, illusion, maybe, or presumption that <laughs> it's, uh, it's Southern Miss and Rice. That's... Which, to be fair, that's been... I mean, I don't even think you could really argue probably the two most historically dominant programs in baseball in this conference. Absolutely. That doesn't feel like it's a hot take.
1: No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that That sounds I mean, you, you'll have some that'll be stronger than others each and every year. But, yeah, it's so many years it's come down to Rice and Southern Miss. And it's really been a lot of fun battles to watch. And I'm not just yeah. saying that because I'm talking to you. There's a There's a mutual respect with the uh with the two teams um
0: no absolutely it's there's something special no i mean and we've talked about i think we might have talked about this last year on the pod but and, and several folks did the the rivalry aspect of conference usa like rice fans aren't aren't getting up to play western kentucky yeah no offense like but it's southern miss and baseball that's that's a game people care about
1: yeah absolutely absolutely that's like I mean that's the best matchup you could possibly make I mean, when you factor everything into it. You know when you look at the schedule every year, you see okay is Rice home or away because that's a, that's a game you are going to want to go to. So um, looking forward to looking forward to those battles being uh, you know very strong in the near future. Yeah, we'll have some fun. Yeah, definitely.
0: I have no doubt. And then we should while while we're here, we will hit a little bit of football because that was at least the premise that I. I brought you on tonight. <laughs> so we we'll get around there till a little bit. So I and, and we kind of talked a little bit, I think either drop recording or pre recording about just how I mean it's funny as I've been pulling together the season preview that's gonna be out later in early in July, I've been kind of taking notes from folks like yourself that that cover Conference USA and talk about a team here or there. And everyone's like, My team had the weirdest year in twenty twenty because of COVID. And and sure, everyone like Rice played five games. I know that as well as anybody that there were some weird seasons, but everyone feels like that. But I don't think anybody else in the country had three head coaches in the span of a year. So I wanted to start kind of the conversation with there with what was that like? And were you next in line uh, should they needed to have gone to a fourth?
1: Uh, I mean, I was ready. I mean, I was, I was unemployed, so yeah, I would have definitely... I have nothing else to do. I could have gone out there and... Wouldn't
0: that I be could've... fun, though? Like, everyone dreams about, like, I could do this. I've played Madden.
1: <laughs> if, right. if, if they
0: had to go to a fourth, they're like, all right, fan vote. Are we running draw, counter, Hail Mary?
1: Yeah, I'd be mean, doing Twitter polls, you know. what? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, it was a very strange year, and it was... You know, there. I think when we were talking on the show last year, the expectations... Uh, in the southerners faithful were pretty high for last season i mean we had a lot coming back in in a lot of key positions um we had some good depth in key positions it really felt like heading into the summer months that okay we've we've got a good core of the team that's been here for a while you know not having spring nobody had spring wall so um you know we'll kind of have that going working in our favor but
0: rice had half a spring
1: rice had half a spring so yeah so when you get to around august you start having some of these players who had difficulties for their families their members of their families who had difficulties with COVID. so a few of them opted out then you had some some um things that were going on, along nationally that, that affected a lot of the players uh, with protests and, and the like and the way that our head coach at the time handled that did not necessarily sit well with some of those players so you had even more players opt out so you get into the first First week of, of, of fall camp, and, and you lost, you had some significant losses. And then you go into the second week, and there's even more. So you're going, man, can we piece this together? Can we put something together? And then we come out the first game of the year against South Alabama, and I believe we were like a double-digit favorite in that game. And we just they just housed us. And it was one of those things like there was no fire in the team. There was no energy. And, and really it didn't come as a surprise that the team at the school and, and Jay Hobson parted ways. Then you get Scotty Walden, who is a very, very fiery energy. Uh, he's a guy with a lot of energy. He's a guy that we always felt like big things were in his future anyways. So he steps in to, to become the, the interim head coach and he brought a lot of fire. I mean, the team came out ready to play against Louisiana tech and, and Lost the game at the very end, a last-second TD pass that was that they had to review, and uh, it it was a legitimate touchdown pass, no doubt about it. But if our if our athletic director had been standing one foot to the right, the camera angle wouldn't have. Oh gotten yeah, yeah, edge. I remember seeing that replay. Yeah, <laughs> so it was one of those things like you've kind of felt this momentum going, and then the air just kind of got taken out of the sails. Well, you get a couple of games into that, we got housed by Tulane, then we come back, we bounce back, we beat North Texas. And, um, but it was kind of apparent that we were going to go a different direction with the head coach. So, Scotty Walden, the, the first interim head coach, gets an offer at Austin P to become the head coach. And, and, and you really can't blame him. And when we had, we really, there was really nothing to play for at that point the rest of the year. I mean, we, we could have gotten in bowl contention had we won out. But, um, with what we had there and, and, and the situation at the times, it just didn't seem like it was likely. So, um, I don't blame Scotty for, for moving on and going to Austin Peay. He's doing a, doing a good job up there now. So they they bring in, um, you know, so then you get your second interim head coach. And it was very strange to, to go through that progression to kind of get to that point because you had all these expectations going into the season and then you just have them dashed as soon as you, you know, like first came out of the gate. And then you have to finish the season. So then, you know, if for folks that may not be familiar with what happened um, as far as that season goes, so we get to where we're playing Western Kentucky, which was a game that if you go back now, we we could have won with the with the right uh, uh, personnel in play. So our starting quarterback Jack Abraham opts Wasn't out. That a game where like nobody scored. Yeah, it was very low scoring. But Jack Abraham opted out at that the third the day before we left to Western Kentucky. So they have to try to work in and so our second string quarterback, Tate Whiteley, got injured on a, a cheap shot play at the end of the game against Liberty. Um, and so they have to throw in uh, Trey Lowe, who was a transfer from West Virginia. And uh, he just kind of got thrown to the Wolves in that game. But that that you know, if he would have had a week to prepare, you know, we possibly could have had a shot at winning that game. So anyway, so we get to the final game of the season. You know, Scotty Walden's gone, Jay Hobson's gone, and Tim Billings has been the interim head coach. He's been the team's – he's been at various positions. He was the team's defensive coordinator last year. Um, But Tim is a – he's always somebody now. By the way he handled that, That's going to be – he'll always be welcome at Southern Miss and be respected because uh, he came in and that – you know, we struggled up until that last game. But that last game, it's kind of like – Everything clicked on all cylinders against FAU, and we were able to kind of get some momentum, momentum heading into the postseason. And that was the week that Will Hall had been hired. Will Hall was at the game, so he, you know, he's got an energetic presence. He's going around, so it was just a great atmosphere for 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 the Southern Miss faithful and the team just to see them go out on the high note with a big win on national TV on a Thursday night. It was uh, it was incredible.
0: Yeah, a- absolutely, absolutely. I I feel like I can't say unprecedented bef- again because that was the. It's twenty twenty one. We've moved past twenty twenty, but that's. Got, <laughs> it was like every every time every time you turned, you're like I can't believe that this is happening. Yeah, and it was it was wild. I I thought that Rice had broken Jack Abraham, and then because he did leave that game early, I believe.
1: Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he got yeah, he got shellacked, and 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 um oh. What's his name? Uh, gosh, why did I go blank all of a sudden? Um, somebody. <laughs> yeah, uh, our other quarterback, Trey Lowe. Trey Lowe came in, and I mean, he got thrown into the mix in that game. You know, really hadn't had too many reps in practice. Uh, but Rice's defense was out of control that day. You, I mean, it was it was going to be tough after those first couple of series. It, it really got to be tough to where, you know, we we couldn't move the ball at all.
0: Yeah, that was. You mentioned that this is Southern Miss and Rice on football, on the football field has been a, a game that kind of gets it's been rough and close the past couple of years. It was just
1: it sure it was, has it sure has been
0: strange, man, absolutely crazy. And then you mentioned Will Hall there at the end, and I, I want to get to him, but I, I do want to circle back real quick. I remember when you were on the podcast last year, I will credit this. You did say this is the year that they either go and win the conference or Hobson's gone. It was, it was one <laughs> or the other. Yeah, and, uh, you proved yourself right in a week.
1: Well, there there had been some frustration the year before because we were kind of in the driver's seat in the in the West in 2019, and the last couple of games of season, uh, we just kind of we kind of fell apart against Western Kentucky, and it just looked like they wanted it more. And then we went down to FAU, and I actually made that trip for the first time, and um. Lane Kiffin. I don't know why anybody would leave Boca Raton, but that's on you. Uh, but it, uh, it, it. You just did not see the the energy. You didn't see the drive. You just. It was. It looked like a very deflated team. And then we go into the uh, Armed Forces Bowl and and start out strong, and then just completely fall apart against Tulane. So you're you're going off a three game losing streak. You know, you went from being the lead team in the West to losing three straight and then you come into a South Alabama team where you're double digit favorites it was kind of like uh crapper get off the pot it was you know you, you knew that it was going to go one way <laughs> or the other with Hobson so um well,
0: and now he's out and you have Hall and i know Hall was someone that was relatively i said maybe not well known but but known enough in the up and coming mix of, of folks who were Had a chance to be head coaches in twenty twenty one. I believe he was a name that had been thrown thrown out a couple times before really things got cemented at at Southern Miss. Uh, What's the you know what's the kind of the state state of the the program under Will Hall right now, and and what does he bring to the table? And you're not allowed to use the you know the coach speak. Uh, (laughs) We're going to play defense with more energy and aggressive and we're going to be multiple on offense <laughs> what yeah. what have you seen what has he been like and the program look like now
1: schematically i mean you know the offense is probably similar to what he ran at to lane i'm sure he'll mix it up a little bit um but as far as like the presence he came in and pretty much was like that made it a point that we were going to be dominant in Mississippi recruiting again. Obviously, it's tough to, when you go against some of the uh, higher-resource teams in the region, but there's a lot of players that we've lost out on the, that we normally would have gotten in the past. So the first thing he did was kind of start getting those players in the fold. And there was one player in particular, a quarterback named Ty Keys. Who was a two-time Mississippi Gatorade player of the year at quarterback for Taylorsville High School. His um cousin was a star receiver at Southern Miss, Dominique Sullivan. So last summer, it was, he announced his commitment to Tulane and and you know it was almost like we really didn't try very hard to go after him. So that was kind of disappointing. But when Will Hall came on board, Will Hall, you know, basically told the Tulane coaches that he was not going to um Recruit their players with the exception of Ty Keys, player he built a relationship with. So when you get a two-time Gatorade player of the year, a local guy, a guy that, you know, a little over an hour away from Hattiesburg, it's uh, you know, the excitement started to build. And then, you know, we start getting transfers in and, and the recruiting class that Hall is putting together right now is is one of the better ones that we've had in quite some time. And we're only in June. Um, the energy that he has. This is one thing that I the spring game this year. Um, I probably paid more attention, A, because we didn't have a spring game the year before, but they so they didn't do like a straight up, you know, offense-defense um spring game. They did some situational drills, they did some, they did have a couple of players that lined up from scrimmage. But when they weren't doing, you know, lining up uh, offense against defense, they had multiple drills going on at the same time. There was always something going on. There was always somebody being coached. They were really maximizing the time that they had on the field together. Um so that was impressive to me. The players looked like they were really really starting to buy in. Um and you've seen some stuff on social media. You see players share things and you're really just kind of seeing a different attitude around the program. And you're starting to see some of that swagger back that we are accustomed to having. And um it's a different feel around Hattiesburg right now. He, he kind of has um, the respect of a Todd Munkin and, and kind of the energy of a Larry Fedora and the swagger of a Larry Fedora. So right. uh, maybe not the abs, maybe not the greased hair, but he, he, he definitely brings some of that same energy. And he has the, the, the Mississippi ties. His dad is a, a former high school coach in Mississippi for the longest time. And 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 you know, Will Hall played, uh, you know, played some college football as well. Um, So he's a guy that I think a lot of people are excited about. And I think really, I I don't want to say we're getting ahead of ourselves with this. No, the question is, it. Well, the question is, is how how long can we keep him? You know, I think he likes being in Mississippi. I think this is a place he can thrive. But you can already see more potential. Um. With him than you would have seen in in other coaches, not just at Southern Miss, but just in general. You can tell he's 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 a, he's a special coach and um, definitely primed to do big things wherever he goes.
0: Well, and I think it's interesting when you when you talk about kind of expectations and and where the program could go. It, it, a lot of it does come down to quarterback, and as as Rice fans, we we can relate as well as anybody. But what happens when you don't have a quarterback, and so? On the Rice front, it was it's particularly exciting. You mentioned Ty Tyke's being the guy that Will Hall brought with him, or I guess sort of brought with him, recruiting yeah, him, yeah, yeah to, much, yeah, to to Southern Miss from from his previous stop, But with Rice bringing in a a new quarterback of their own and Luke McCaffrey, it, it, all of a sudden it went from yeah, 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 we, we we like the coach, we 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 like the team, we we got good pieces to like, okay, okay. Something something could be different here, and so is this kind of a, a situation where, you know, I, I mean, you think about the maybe Seth lattrell's not the best example. We had uh, Matthew Bruni on with Mean Green Two Four Seven last week to talk about kind of the the shine he's lost. But at one point, Luttrell and oh man, I'm drawing a name on the great quarterback. He's. Sh-
1: Mason Fine.
0: Mason Fine. There you go. Yeah. It was Latrell and Fine riding off in the sunset and setting all the records. Is is Tyke gonna be the guy that I'm not gonna say Brett Farf, you know, but, yeah, but yeah. bring bring Southern Miss back to cause last year and the year before, Jack Abraham was was always a, a really good quarterback. But he was never incredible. You know, I never got that yeah. sense playing I was never afraid to play Jack Abraham. Yeah. I thought he was Jack- a good quarterback, but it wasn't on that level.
1: He Jack was good. He was he was extremely accurate. Uh, when he had time to throw, he was extremely accurate. When he did not have time to throw, he he often was not. So, um, but you know, as far as Latrell and Fine, I, I mean, perhaps you know other teams they don't want to roid it out Sean Hannity as the face of their program. Um. <laughs> but, um no, seriously, uh, I think it's going to take some time for techies. It'll be a couple of years. But Trey Lowe, because of COVID last year, he gets that year back. He's got three years of eligibility left. And, you know, he, he came into the game. In that last game, uh, he, he really came in and showed out. You look at, um, you know, what put up 45 points uh, against the Owls in that last game. He threw for two TDs, 209 yards, rushed for one TD and 46 yards. Um
0: why are there two owls in Conference USA? I forget about it because they're in the East, but
1: come you guys, on, guys. Should, you guys should battle it out. Uh, yeah. Let's have a winner takes all. Now now that now that Giffin's gone, let's have a let's battle it out. <laughs> let's duke it out. We still <laughs> we still want our game with Iowa. We still want a winner takes all for the logo with Iowa. Let's just let's just get that all let's just let's let's suit up. Let's uh buckle up, knuckle up. We we still want a piece of Iowa. So,
0: yeah, there we go. Well, I will say I was I was working, had a had the Southern Miss logo up earlier today on the preview, working through stuff. And my uh, my son came through and said, that's an angry bird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it looks like an angry like you could really put that logo into the game <laughs> and uh, it would. Yeah, it would shine. Um, but I, I I think Trey Lowe, you could see in the spring game that Trey Lowe was declared number one quarterback. I your, What's that?
0: I was like, if you had to take a shot in the dark on the quarterback, do you have a kind of a a rough feel of kind of how you expect that to play out? You mentioned maybe a year or two for for Keys. Do you have a good guess at who might be the guy out Uh, of the gates or who gets the first crack?
1: I think it'll be Trey Lowe. I think Trey Lowe is is the clear number one at this point. I mean, for the way he played in that last game, which, you know, is not everything, but the way that carried over in the spring, watching him in the spring, he was the clear number one and he's got the he's got uh you know the legs that we didn't necessarily have he's not like uh he's not like one of the best athletes you'll you'll see out there as far as running the ball but he he can move so that's an added dimension especially to a will hall offense um that 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 i think you know i think he's gonna be able to do some good things um here so i i fully expect barring injury uh i think he's going to be the starting quarterback uh for for as long as uh you know he could be the start quarterback for the next few years. I mean, he's he's definitely got the tools there. He's got the talent. And then backing him up, we got a transfer from Louisville, a guy named T-Webb. Uh, T-Webb, you know, checks a lot of the boxes. He's got the size. The, T kind of has a wonky throw in motion, which I don't know if it's correctable. It's kind of like a Doug Flutie. he's kind of like that slingshot throw in motion, you know? If
0: it works, it works.
1: If it works, it works. Exactly. So, um. I think, you know, he'll be the back, he'll be the clear backup and that'll give Ty Key some time to kind of uh, adjust to the college game.
0: And then we haven't hit on yet, maybe at least one of the most notable names on the roster, uh, Frank Gord Jr. was a guy that I I have heard so many rave reviews from over the course of the past year, obviously there's the connection to his dad. I, I still I have the dream that he has enough success that he and his dad end up on an NFL roster together. I just I want to see it.
1: That would be because inc- that would be incredible. Be I'd awesome. Love it. Yeah, but
0: but for the time being, <laughs> what do you kind of think about him as, as a freshman? When I watched him, I, I saw I saw a young kid that was very very talented, but also at times wasn't quite sure where to go.
1: You know, th- there probably was some of that, and, and some of that, you know, has to go, I imagine, with some of the coaching changes. Two, there were some injuries up front on the O-line, and it was, it, it was tougher kind of in the middle of the year to get anything going on the ground with um, the, the issues they were having up front. But they kind of, you know, by that final game, you had several guys get healthy. Um, you kind of had some guys move into some positions up front where they were a little more productive, and and, and he was able to shine. I think Frank, you know, you look at the name and you think, you know, Frank Gore jr. You want to see him play because of that, but he is such a good kid. Like he is, he is mature beyond his years. He is, he is the, the, the prototype, the prototype of the type of individual you want representing your program. Um, you know, and he's, 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 he's taken to the, to the university and he's really taken to embracing, uh, you know, Southern miss. So I think, you know, with this year coming back with, with a lot of the folks coming back that they have on the offensive line, having Will Hall who likes to run the ball and is going to do some different formations running the ball that'll uh, allow him to be able to shine. I I think uh, big things are ahead for him. Um, but like you said, yeah, uh, you, it was a young guy that really got thrown into the mix due to some injuries really. And, uh, he was, uh, he, he'd certainly made the most of it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 funny, as you say, I, I I feel like I lived this season two years ago when Mike Bloomgren was in his first year, and then all of a sudden we're three games into the season, and your starting lineup on both sides of the ball is mostly freshmen. <laughs> there were right. injuries and folks that just got passed over on the depth chart that, that didn't make the cut, and then all of a sudden you you turn around. and, and At Rice, it, it was the final game of the 2018 season. And Juma Taviano ran for 224 yards and two touchdowns against Old Dominion. It just out of the blue, he, I, he redshirted that season because he didn't even play in four games. But it's just like, oh, okay. And and then yeah. you see them all take their licks. And then for for Rice, you got to the 2019 season, and all these guys that like, man, there was something there, but man, it was a rough year. And then they got to the 2019 season, and that's when. You know, you had guys that really emerge and solidify themselves and, and turn into key players. A lot of those, like I think, like Shea Baker on the offensive line and uh, Clay Servant. But a, a lot of the guys that we did see take that step, which is hard sometimes to be patient and wait for that to happen. Yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely. But it's it's fun when it does happen.
0: Yes. And you forget about all the ones that, where it doesn't.
1: Right, right.
0: You hold on to the few.
1: Right, definitely.
0: And you mentioned the offensive line. Uh, I, we don't need to get too nitty-gritty into the trenches, but I did want to talk through some of the other options because I know Will Hall's an offensive guy, and that's kind of the trend in, in college football today. So he's obviously going to do the best he can to get the ball into the hands of his playmakers. I know that Southern Miss has lost, Mana. A couple really good, maybe NFL to fringe NFL caliber players at at the wide receiver spot over the past couple years. Who is left, and who's kind of going to be the guy for for Low to go to?
1: Well, it, I think it starts with Jason Brownlee. Jason Brownlee really last year when Tim Jones uh, got injured, Brownlee really was the one that benefited the most from it, and really stepped up and and uh, was was able to kind of solidify himself as the number number one guy six395 pounds uh, Juco transfer from from last chance you from East Mississippi. Um, I, I think he's in store for a, for a, a monster year um, this coming season. you got a couple other guys too uh, Antoine Robinson who who kind of uh, felt like the number two uh, at times last year uh, but had had a pretty solid year given the circumstances. you got some guys in the slot that can play uh, Antavius Willis to Marcus Jones. A guy that got injured last year, kind of a, 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 a you know, this guy's 5'9", 170 pounds, Dequan Bailey Brown, he's a guy that uh, I think could be kind of a surprise uh, for this upcoming season. But it, I think it all starts with Brownlee. I think Brownlee's going to be the guy that has the all-conference potential. Yeah, I,
0: I think that's – I mean, uh, he obviously flashed a little bit. And, and, and to your point earlier, the, the folks who were able to produce in the – Whatever was the offense last season? You look at you look at Gore, you look at Brownlee. That's uh, it's nice to be able to have those guys coming back. And and we hadn't really touched on it yet, but a lot of folks returning and taking advantage of the extra year, I guess, waiver eligibility relief from from COVID nineteen is that largely been something that you've seen as a, a net positive for
1: Southern Miss. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We really didn't lose a lot. I mean, you know, you lose a guy like Tim Jones, uh, who who was um, uh, signed a free agent deal with the Jaguars. We had another guy, Kyle Hemby, who had who's at trust with a couple of teams. Um,
0: are you? Are you? Maybe this? Is, are you allowed to have favorite players from other conference USA teams? Because I just I really liked watching Kyle
1: Hemby play. I did. I don't too. know what it was. I did too. He he, he was. And he kind of was a very lovable guy, man. He's, he's just a guy that, um, I, I mean, we, we were all fans of him on the show, but yeah, he plays hard. He, uh, and, and he, he went out with a bang. He had an interception, um, uh, coming out of the season. So yeah, I, I could totally see that. That's totally fair. And of course we all doted over your, your linebacker, um, at rice, who was mm-hmm. just played out of his mind. Um, so yeah, I think it's fair. Um, there, there's we, there's really been some pretty solid talent around the around the league the past few years.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting watching. We we've talked a little bit about the the quarterback situation being a bit up in the air in, in conference USA, but you you referenced Blaze Aldridge. I, I was looking through. I think the yeah, Blaze Aldridge. The, the linebacking core is I don't want to say underwhelming, but there's been a lot of a lot of key pieces that have have gone on in the past couple of years and guys like chris mole at, at UAB moving back into the, the secondary I was kind of going through all conference teams and I'm like man where do the linebackers go
1: yeah and we you know our our star linebacker set out last year with with um he had he had an injury and it was it was kind of struggling coming back so he went and knocked it out but R- rakeem booth yeah was, booth has a shot to I mean correct me if I'm wrong, but he could be an all conference guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he'll and he's back. So it's it's all incredible. I mean, those were the type of guys you lost before the season started last year that really um put a damper on things. So yeah, it's it's really awesome having him back and, and then you have also you have back the guys that were able to step in his place and get that experience. So I think uh you know I think our linebacking core is 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 deeper than it has been in quite some time.
0: And then when that comes towards turning that into a pass rush, I think it was, you mentioned everybody opting out in last year. I, I, I remember it was Jacques Turner at yeah. defensive end. He was the one that, I don't remember if he was at the beginning or at the end of all that, but that was the point where I was like, okay, what is going on? Because he was a really good guy a really yeah. good player and is, and then he came back for the spring, but then he left again. And I don't know where he is right now.
1: He went but, to, Louis, he went to Louisville.
0: That, that's right.
1: But And I don't, I don't know all the circumstances with that. His, his former defensive line coach, uh, Derek Nicholson is the defensive line coach up there. So I'm sure that probably had something to do with something to do with it. But we did, we were able to get some, some transfers, um, coming in. We've got a, a defensive end transfer from Memphis uh, by the name of Everett Cunningham, and then we have a um, another defensive lineman from Virginia Tech named Sean Crawford, who is uh, there. There's some hype around him. So um, it, it you, you hate losing Jacquez, uh but at the same time, uh, life goes on. Next man up, and and I think we feel pretty good about some of the guys that are that are uh, stepping in.
0: Yeah, and a handful of transfer. Transfers that you've mentioned, I remember talking with with Jay Hobson. Man, this would have been at Conference USA Media Days in 2019 because 2020 didn't happen. <laughs> About kind of his his view on the transfer portal. Is this kind of a, for for Will Hall, is this kind of like, well, I'm coming in and I need bodies. And he's kind of finding the right guys. Or is this kind of something that you think might be kind of a, a shift on how things go over time, kind of leaning a bit towards the experienced guys rather than solely, I mean, not going the Texas State route. I think we talked about on the podcast a couple weeks ago and signing like 17 members <laughs> of his class that were all transfers and no freshmen from high school or yeah. high school seniors. But, you know, do you have any kind of gut feel of, of where he's going to fall on the on the spectrum?
1: It It feels like Someone that you know understands this day and age that if you don't take advantage of the transfer portal, the transfer portal is going to take advantage of you. So he's got a lot of connections. Get that on a bumper sticker, right. you should, yeah, put that on a bumper, put that on a, <laughs> the Roost podcast t shirt. Uh, <laughs> but he's 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 going after a, a lot of these guys in the, that we got through the portal are our are, are players in the footprint where he has ties. You know, you've got a you've got a player here, T. Webb, who's played high school football in Georgia. Well, you know, he was the head coach at West Georgia. So he's got ties there. Most of the rest of these players have ties to Mississippi. So most of the rest of these players that have transferred in have Mississippi ties, and that's kind of what he's building everything around. But they also fill some needs. We've got a couple of guys transferring in on the offensive line, which um, I feel I feel good about. But we we definitely you can always use good depth up there as well. Um, we got a couple of guys from Ole Miss in the secondary. Um, you know, I I think that it's, I I was really, I was really impressed with, with how he kind of came in and hit the ground running on that. Whether that's the norm, I don't know, because ideally, you know, you, you think he, a lot of coaches with his mindset want to take as many high school players as they can build, build them up. But really this day and age, the game's changing and you gotta, you gotta, uh, you're going to have to factor in the transfer portal from here on out if you want to be taken seriously.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of wild because it, it it wasn't all that long ago, maybe five, six years ago when you signed a kid out of high school. You're like, okay, I get him for four years, probably five if there's a redshirt season mixed in there. Now at this point, I mean, you go through the depth charts and of course this year is going to be really, really weird because I was counting through yesterday and. Rice has, oh shoot, what was the number? I think uh, eighteen offensive linemen that are underclassmen by classification because oh, of wow. because of all of the the COVID extra years and and whatnot. So it, the rosters are going to be strange, but it's it's you you're right. This is a day and age day and age where man getting a kid as a freshman and keeping him on your roster for four or five seasons. Yeah, it's going to be a short list by the time you get to the end of the end of the road.
1: Right. Definitely. And, and then, you know, a lot of players are kind of getting left out there to dry in the portal. So, you know, there's, I'm sure there's going to be some ebb and flow with how players and coaches treat the portal in the years to come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I guess, I guess we'll see. I know rice has kind of been, been choosy in who they, they go after and spots available and who knows how this class is going to go, but you know, you kind of fill the immediate holes you need. So I was, I was more or less happy on that front. And I know that just going down, down the list, at least if, if nothing else, I, I think watching the Southern Miss defense, things were kind of frantic maybe Yeah. last year with, yeah, with definitely. things going, but you know, we, we talked last week with, with Bruni about North Texas and, you could watch the North Texas defense and, and Southern Miss did gash the North Texas defense and you could tell that they didn't have a clue what was going on. That's not really the feeling that I got from Southern Miss. It just seemed like all the wires weren't weren't put in correctly. You, you kinda, well yeah, like and they, there was talent, but
1: You you had about you had at least three starters, you know, leave the program as soon as you know, right before the season started. So that really kinda of put you had lead you know, guys that were leaders, you know, in, in all three phases of the defense and the, you know, the line, the secondary is in the linebackers. So, um, you had a lot of new guys coming in. So guys that were talented, but were still trying to to learn their roles and 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 learn how they fit in. So you you could see flashes last year that that there was some potential. But yeah, they just didn't they, they couldn't put it all together. Um I, I say to the end, but we still we still gave up what thirty-one points, which is not bad, given some of the other scores we had last year. But
0: it's kind of like being handed a a piece of IKEA furniture without the instructions and saying <laughs> "good
1: luck." <laughs> right, right. All the it, pieces are there. We promise. All the pieces are there, but <laughs> uh, you know, it was good having a lot of those guys coming back with COVID and everything, and the guys coming in. So, yeah, that was. But really, you kind of after that first game, it was kind of like you got nothing to lose. So from the fans' perspective, it was like, you know, it was good to see flashes. They're going to have a new coach next year. Let's just hope they get the experience and, and are able to uh, move forward healthy, you know?
0: Yeah, and then I guess if we open it up kind of big picture, obviously it's it's Southern Miss. They so like to be right back. No rebuilding, at least. It, <laughs> that's not, That's not a word that anybody in college football likes to use reality or not but what what's kind of like your your expectations for for what this season looks like and and then if if the southern miss was able to accomplish x like you'd be happy like is that a something you see a win total a you know as long as you beat tech kind of like what, what's <laughs> kind of your bar for, i think for this it's season?
1: i think uh, a winning season in a bowl game. I think, given the way things happened last year, given the the record of last year, I mean, that in of itself is a pretty remarkable turnout. Turnaround. I, I do think, and and I know this is Southern Miss fan speak. I do think that the it wouldn't shock me if that was the case, but it also wouldn't shock me if the ceiling was a little higher than that, um, because there are some there are some other teams in Conference USA that are in. I mean, you know. I mean devil's advocate would would say that I believe Southern Miss beat one
0: team last year with a winning record.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, totally, not saying
0: I don't believe you.
1: Totally get that. But UAB won the West. And I I I just UAB was just not they weren't a great team last year. You know what I'm saying? Like um gosh,
0: there's some UTSA fans that would agree with you.
1: Uh yeah, I'm sure. But I mean, you know, I mean, most of their roster went on to AARP age, so they are (laughs) they were. uh, But I but I don't think that there's like I think there's a number of teams that could you know come out on top. I think it's really anybody's game at this point. But given everything we've got coming back, given how the players are buying in, um, given the energy around the program, it it feels like it. it, I would not be shocked if we were to come out on top of the West. I also wouldn't be shocked if we. come out and win seven games. Um, There's just that, there's that thin of a line uh, right now between um, just a few teams in Conference USA. So, so we'll see what happens.
0: And I think, I think you raise an interesting point that, and this has kind of been a Conference USA problem. I mean, I don't know if problem is the right word, but the last couple years, it's been UAB being an elite level program. After they were reinsti- reinst- 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 reinstated, reinstated, yeah, you, reinstated, whatever they were, whatever yeah. they were. <laughs> and then in the East, it's been the Lane and hype train. And then, you know, kind of a, a flash here or there from from somebody else. But yeah. outside of that, there's not really any other programs that have been able to sustain a level of success for more than one or two years because of a good quarterback or, or something right. of that like that. It's interesting that Southern Miss, even if they just bounce back to, I mean, the, the offense is is probably going to be top half, Conference USA, it's going to be pretty good. If the defense is average, being right in the middle of everything and 500 bowl eligible, when you talk about the competition, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. It might not be that unreasonable. It's not like you're going into the SEC where you're stealing, no, not, a, not yeah, only absolutely. rebuilding, but you're playing juggernauts. You're playing Conference USA, which is you know there's going to be some pretty pretty good to very good teams. But
1: yeah, it's, it's going to be
0: UAB, not the Alabama.
1: Right. It's 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 not out, out of the realm of possibility. Uh, and there were some games we lost that were really close last year. It, as much as we struggled, uh, quite a few games last season that we barely lost. So. um You know, given what's coming back, I mean, I I definitely, I definitely would be surprised if it was anything less than seven wins at this point. Um, But it really could. I, I would be happy with that. I'd be happy with a New Orleans Bowl trip, um, (laughs) or something of the like. But uh, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if the ceiling was just a little bit higher right now. Um,
0: This is interesting. Yeah, it's it's kind of indicative of that you. Swagger was a word that you used, and it's interesting because we had we had Jared Kalmas with Alamodome Audible on a couple weeks ago, and of course, folks around the UTSA program—they had the most wins of any team in the West in in conference play last year, so they're kind of riding high and, and pretty excited. But he was on the more conservative side of not willing to to go out and guarantee the the conference title quite yet because. And I think that's part because UTSA is is such a young program with with pretty limited history, and they haven't really ever gone and done it. It's interesting hearing from maybe a different side of a, a program that you know has been at a place where where championships were the norm, yeah. And this being a momentary setback, it's interesting how that perspective. And who knows? You know, you, everyone could be wrong. UTSA could go yeah. out and win win it all because.
1: I was wrong last year, but as much as we struggled and we were still kind of struggling at this point, UTSA beat us 23 to 20 last year. So, I mean, I'm not saying what's going to happen this year, but that's one of their better seasons against one of our worst. And it was only a three point win. So when you have all these players coming back, why would you, why would you expect anything different? You know?
0: The, the more and more we talk, the more and more I'm convinced that everyone in Conference USA is finishing between five and seven wins next year.
1: <laughs> That's how it's supposed to be.
0: And then someone <laughs> is going to write an email from the conference office at like 2.30 in the morning, two days before the last week of the regular season, saying, OK, here's how we're going to pick.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's man. It's just going
0: to be out of a hat.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't shock me. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't shock me at all. If Judy played go fish to pick the it wouldn't shock me anything with her, but
0: hey, who knows with the the playoff expansion and everything going on. I don't think we talked about that on on this podcast yet, but
1: at some point,
0: you know, who knows if we're doing these conference championship games. We're just going ahead and and picking the team that gives you the best chance.
1: Yeah. Whatever gets us in. <laughs> yeah, <You> know <laughs> i don't care whatever gets whatever gets well and i say us uh whatever gets a conference usa team in i mean goodness it's been i think every other conference has had somebody not necessarily the playoffs but somebody get into that bowl mix you know um we just need a team to i don't know what you even call them at this point the bcs i don't know yeah but, the
0: new year 6
1: yeah new year 6 i think Bulls. We, a couple
0: weeks ago we were talking about the northern illinois team that Got a, yeah, the BCS spot. Yeah, and they were like eight and four that year or something like that. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, so we're Conference USA is definitely due. um It just won't happen in Ruston. Uh, <laughs> you know, it would
0: <laughs> It's okay. Well, we'll we get, gotta we got our tech contingent on next week, so we'll let them fire back. Oh, they'll try. Yeah, we'll keep it mostly civil, but we'll just kind of throw the grenade and let y'all duke it out. Sound sound good?
1: All good. All good. And may, hey, may, maybe you can have both of us on and um, not play his walk up music whenever he's about to talk. <laughs> that would be.
0: It all comes I don't back to baseball in Conference
1: USA. That's what I'm really, is really being reinforced so far. Are you supposed to play your home team's walk up music when you host a conference championship? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. I, so. The but, walk-up
0: music rule and the NCAA and all that, just it drives me crazy. I remember the first regional game I was at where there was no, and this wasn't even a, a Rice regional. I think, actually, no. I believe this game, Rice was hosting this. It was, gotta go back. But there being no music, just dumb.
1: Oh, yeah. I agree with that. But I also think that if you have things in place, you have protocol in place, you go to different places. You go to Rice, you go to Southern Miss. There's a there's a a, a certain level of reverence and respect to being the host team. And, um, you know, you don't just you don't come out there and treat it like a home game when you are when you're even though it's your home base, you're hosting. um, You know, you certainly try to do something when you're anticipating a crowd to accommodate the concession stand, not run out of that on the first day. Um, (laughs) This is all purely hypothetical, I'm sure. Yeah, this is all hypothetical. <laughs> this is all hypothetical. So, oh man,
0: it's good. Hey, anytime we can get some smack talk thrown around Conference USA, it's I, a good
1: absolutely. thing. absolutely. We need more rivalries. I'm I'm hoping that Rice and Southern Miss have a bench clearing brawl at some point to kind of get the fire yeah, under. Yeah, I'm one.
0: always you know complaining about the the old Dominion and the UTEP fans that just keep warring with each other. It's it's crazy. Yeah.
1: Now the now the UTSA group is a rowdy bunch. They can they can kind of get. I mean, there's only there's not many of them, but they're they get a little wild. Yeah, it's a, it's it's not a bad day out in the Alamodome parking lot. <laughs> go I've, Spur- so Go! I've go. So I've yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. I haven't I haven't been either. All
0: but, right. Well, I uh, I do want to thank you for coming on, but uh, we do have the lightning around. We can't let you out before you we grill you a little bit. Yes. And uh, I didn't prep you for this. I don't think you played last year. So we've changed up the questions a little bit. We're not going to ask you if the season is going to happen. <laughs> we, we feel we feel better about that this year than we did last year. But uh, we'll run you through. and We got a couple of twists and turns in there.
1: I got all of those wrong. I'm pretty sure, by the way, except for maybe like who's going to throw the most touchdown pass. Well, I did say nobody because I didn't think we were going to. You play did.
0: It. You did say yeah. nobody. Yeah, we had. I I I need to now do my homework and go back and listen
1: to these before yeah, we it was bring. Pretty brutal.
0: All right. Well, a couple of these are, are new. A couple of them, the old ones. So we'll we'll start you off easy. And uh, right off the top, who leads the team in touchdowns this year?
1: Ooh, as far as like. When you say touchdowns, because this can be a tricky stat, are you talking like all purposes in in rushing and receiving? Or are you talking? Are you throwing in passing as well?
0: This is this is interpretive.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: However you however you choose to answer. You I, can, I, would, I mean, if you want to go quarterback, you can pick quarterback. If you want to go skill, I think we've had it split splitable either way.
1: I would say, you know, if you if you count passing, I would say Trey Lowe, obviously, and then if I, not passing. Uh, well, if it's just like the tr- the traditional all-purpose yardage uh, touchdown. I will say Frank Gore.
0: Pretty, pretty safe pick there. On the other Absolutely. side now, uh, who leads the team in sacks?
1: Ooh, in sacks, I'm going to. That's mm, that's tough because I think we're going to be running some. T- I'm I'm just going to go out on a limb here and um, I'm going to go with the transfer from. Virginia Tech, Deshawn like Craw- Deshawn Crawford.
0: Yeah, why play it safe? It's only June.
1: Yeah, nah, right. Exactly. And really, there's so many, there's so many new faces and so many guys moving around and, and guys coming back that weren't there last year. That you know, it's really hard to gauge who it's going to be at this point.
0: Hey, we'll bury you know it if you, you know if what. You get it I'll wrong, take it but back.
1: If you get it right, we'll we'll play it. We'll I'll bring play, it back. I'll, I'll I'll I will bring it back. I'm going to say Dominic Quay won. Okay, I'm gonna change it. There we go. All right, give me give me some background. What what, what why why him? I loved. Well, he had uh, some decent games last year, but I really he looked like he was playing with a different gear in the spring game, and I felt like just yeah, watching we need him. Some spring game hype. When he's some spring game hype, but he was he, he looked bigger, stronger, faster in that game, and that's the only reason I'm going with him is because you could tell that. He was he was able to um, get through the quarterback with relative ease, and I don't know that that was necessarily the case last year. No, I do know that it was a spring game and all this, that set and the other. But he he definitely looked bigger, stronger, and faster. So that's why I'm going to change that. Deshaun Crawford could be the guy. Uh, he's a bigger lineman, um, six foot two seventy. But when I was flashing back to who I thought looked really good rushing the passer, it was quaywan So. All right,
0: so we'll pivot a little bit, and this one I threw in for you: uh, best mascot in conference USA can't pick Southern Miss.
1: Can't pick Southern Miss. Oh man, uh, you pro- you'd have to go with Big Red from Western Kentucky. Um, All right, and you know, I did the um, I did the Capital One All America mascot team, like the first one. You remember when Capital One used to have like a. Mm-hmm. All America mascot commercials and stuff. We did the first one back in 2002, and that's where first I met Big Red. And a funny thing happened. So we were shooting. It was, it was like <laughs> I didn't.
0: A, I didn't even. Of course, that were. did The time I met Big Red. This the is the time good. I met
1: Big Red. So you've got 12 mascots. This is the first All America team. We're shooting commercials. Kenny Mayne is there. Trey Wingo is there. There was a a gal there named Tiffany Fallon who would go on to marry. Um, the guy from Rascal Flats. She was the playmate of the year in like 2005. So it was a situation where you had 12 of the best mascots in the country. You're all trying to one one up each other. You're all trying to show out. And so we're filming different scenarios where each person wins. It's like a beauty pageant. But we had to film everybody winning in case they end up winning. So they did Big Red winning. And dude tries to cut a backflip. And he doesn't hit it. He lands right on his head and knocks himself silly. So you see this, he landed like upside down on his head and then you see him kind of fall and you know, his mouth, big red's mouth, like that big red blob. It just kind of like, it just kind of like droops to the side. And he looked, we were worried, but he looked hilarious. Um, <laughs> being knocked silly there laying on the, uh, on the floor of the stage there. So.
0: Yeah. And this, is this is for, for context for those who, who, might not have caught last year's episode, but you you had some days in your your semi well not say recent but distant past at this point. Uh, yeah, moonlighting as a mascot,
1: yeah, yeah di- very distant past, very distant past. I did a so I did a commercial for the state. Like what was it about? Oh, that would have been about 2016. I did uh, I did a commercial for the like the state of Mississippi. Like they were doing like a college savings program. And um, I played their little mascot, the owl, and burnt my ass up getting back in that suit. I was like, I was about to pass out. Like, I was like, I'm too old. I'm too old for this. <laughs> so that was the last time I got in the suit. <laughs> past,
0: past your mascot prime. I was
1: way past my prime. I was, uh, yeah, it was pretty brutal. And I was just like, you know what? That's, I took the payday and then I got, got the hell up out of there.
0: So do you, do you have a, a Southern Miss just eagle like hanging in the closet for for, you know, good times or?
1: No, uh, one of my teammates has the head from when we were back then. I've got the jerseys. OK, the jerseys, so that's that's cool, to have. which is
0: probably more functional to have the jerseys than just to have the head. Cause...
1: Yeah, there's no tell what kind of fungus is growing in that head from way back when it's I'm sure it is quite funky. So,
0: oh, man. All right. Yeah. Uh, tangent that these are kind of baked in so we'll, we'll we'll tee you up easy with uh one coming back uh who is, who's who's gonna be the team mVp in 2021
1: ah I, I think it's gonna be trey Love. i think he's gonna i think it's gonna be setting up for him to have a really really solid season i'm not saying he's going to be all conference right right um, but i think as far as like being able to go in to step in as a starting quarterback and win some games i think he's i think he's definitely got the potential to to have a really really good year
0: all right, let's dig a little bit deeper. So, who's somebody that isn't going to be a preseason all-conference selection, uh, but should be?
1: I think that because he's new, uh, you have a transfer from Ole Miss, a safety by the name of Jake. I mean, of Jay Stanley. Um, his size and athleticism is is tremendous. I really think that he's going to do big things. So, it would not shock me one bit for to see him on the uh, all-conference team at the end of the season.
0: All right, so we go, we go up a little bit big picture. If Southern Miss doesn't win the West, who does?
1: Hmm. You know, uh, I feel like the safe pick just from, the safe pick just from, like, recency bias would be UAB. But gosh, that's a really, really tough, that's a really, really good question cuz I don't there's not really a team that just like stands out to me. Um no one said Rice yet, but if you want to if you want to pick Rice, we can put that up at the the top of the show. No, I don't think I want to. No. you know what? <laughs> you know Rice has got a new quarterback coming in. Uh there's definitely uh cause for optimism. So um statistically speaking, uh
0: fairly the This is the a odd. Rice show, so
1: Statistically speaking, though, when you look at the odds, um, Rice has better odds than Southern Miss right now. Oh, is so, that right? Yeah, I haven't I haven't pulled up the odds. So if you if you look at the odds, UAB is the favorite in the West, then UTSA, Rice, Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, North Texas, and UTEP way down. So if you put, so UTEP is plus ten thousand. So if you drop a hundo on Utah, do
0: them. not. I just, I'm not going to give out betting advice, but do not <laughs> drop. A, do not drop a hundo on Utah.
1: Rice is a uh, plus sixteen hundred. So Southern Miss is plus eighteen hundred.
0: I just looked on up right now, and Rice is plus fourteen hundred. They have the fifth best odds and third best odds in the West.
1: Interesting. See, I'm yeah, I'm looking at. I might I might be looking at a different site, but you there. They have the six best odds. They got Florida Atlantic ahead of Rice. I'm sorry, Florida Atlantic is not. I don't think Florida Atlantic has a better shot at winning the East than than Rice or Southern Miss does in the West.
0: I have to go. This looks like pre McCaffrey transfer. So
1: that's huh. true too. That's true too. So you know, there's a lot of there's way too, there's a lot of unknowns. I guess if I had to pick somebody. You know what? Let, I'm gonna pick rice. Let's just All let's right. just. There you go. Car. You're a good man. I'm You're not pick- invited back. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not picking UTEP, Although I kind of want to. Just just because if they did win it, and I did some when somebody did win a hundred thousand dollars,
0: you talk about going to
1: Vegas. Talk about going to Vegas. Yeah, come to Biloxi or go to one of the go to one <laughs> of the, go to one of the convenience store gas gas station uh, casinos in North Louisiana.
0: Go to see, oh, <laughs>
1: man. All right. Uh, one step further.
0: Two more for you. Uh, if it's Southern Miss is not winning Conference you USA as a whole, big picture, not just the West, the whole conference. Who's your pick?
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, Marshall would have to be the favorite. All things considered, the year they had last year, um, what they but but Marshall's kind of, I don't know. There, there's a lot of changes up there, so it's really tough to gauge how these teams are going to end up being. So for for the sake of picking somebody else, anyone any good,
0: we're not sure.
1: No, no one. We're not sure. We don't know. It's, uh, it's really going to be a crapshoot with a lot of these teams just to see how the, how the season plays out. I don't really have, if I don't really have confidence in any of the teams to be like, Oh, this is going to be the team. I think it'll be, it'll likely be somebody that, you know, hasn't been in the mix, or you know, all right, UTEP
0: Middle Tennessee championship game, lock it in. Ooh, that would
1: oh God, that would be boring as hell. <laughs> I, I can't wish for that, but <laughs> it would be interesting.
0: I I don't. I'm sorry, <laughs> UTEP and Middle, but yeah, all right. Uh, last one, we'll let you out. And this has been interesting asking folks, just for a variety of different reasons. But uh, we're going into the twenty twenty four season. Is Will Hall the coach at Southern Miss?
1: Mm. So going in the twenty twenty four season, so that's twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Ugh, that's like right there on the line. Like I, I usually like I would say like a you know like a four year plan in place. So, but I, like I said, I think he's a guy that could exceed his uh, ceiling a little more quickly than that. So. I'm going to say yes, just for wish, being wishful thinking.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting. We've had uh, <laughs> new coaches, old coaches, everywhere in between, and, and we have found that not many people are terribly confident, either from winning too much or losing too much, that any coach is going to be there in, yeah. in four seasons. Which is which is <laughs> wow. And, and this is Conference USA, where we've had lifers at like three or four different institutions, push ten plus years.
1: Well, and, you know, we had this conversation this time last year, and you tell me you're going to go through three head coaches by the time you get to next season. I would have been like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, anything's possible. It's wild, man. All right, well, this was a fun time, as always. Thanks
0: for, man, just hanging out with me and kind of talking through Southern Miss and Conference USA and everything that that was and, and will be for the, the season to come. So where can we kind of follow you, whether on social media or Whatever you're doing these days, mascot, moonlighting.
1: Uh yeah. So um as far as the podcast goes, to the top talk. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, if you want to keep up with the podcast. My website, JamieArrington.net. Also uh jamiearrington.net slash to the top talk. We put all the links to the different platforms where you can listen to the show. Um we are going through some change we are going through a little bit of a revamp vamp. We're going to launch again in August with some exciting changes to the program. Uh, That should be a lot of fun. Uh, Stand-up comedy. If you are in the Hattiesburg or South Mississippi vicinity, or if you are coming through, i got some great shows coming up. Uh, My next show as of right now is sold out, so um, I'm working with Nate Bargatze. We're doing a charity show here in Hattiesburg, which is pretty incredible. So if you want to scout tickets to that, that's July the 30th at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg. Man, I love it. I love. Can we uh, ticket scalping
0: went from like man the worst to like I miss seeing ticket scalpers outside of sporting events. (laughs) Like it's just not the same.
1: We we've been doing this charity event for, I guess about six years now. And and there's a guy local guy here. I'm I'm plugging this just to tell you kind of the context of this. Um, No, this is good. We there's a guy that I went to high school with that came down with with multiple myeloma. And when he was coming out of his recovery, he wanted to do a big charity event to raise money uh, for for various causes. And the first time we met, and so I've been promoting comedy shows here in Hattiesburg for eleven years now. Been doing stand up for the same amount of time. And he he we meet up, and he's like, "I want to book the Sanger Theater, which is a local thousand seat theater in town, and I want to get Frank Caliendo." And I was like, "Man, I was like, Gosh, this guy's ambitious. I like him. I, I, I hope I hope it works out. I hope he's not going to set him up for disappointment." And sure enough, he books Frank Caliendo. We've had Caliendo here twice now, so we have a, a different big name comic every year. And we had Nate scheduled for last year, and then he has a new Netflix special come out. He just blows through the roof. So the past few years, we've sold out, but it's like the day of or the week of. And this year, we sold out in eight minutes. So, all right, uh, I'm excited about the ticket scalping. I want to see. I want to see where this goes because I don't think I've ever been on a show where tickets were scalped. So. <laughs> I want to see what the price goes. It gets up to
0: can report. Nobody has ever scalped tickets for the roost pod yet that that I'm aware of. We don't have any tickets to sell, but someday
1: if it was was just, and if it was just me on the show, there would not be any scalping going on. I'd have to give them away. Like (laughs) free with you, free with any Pepsi product can, um, we'll get you in the show.
0: So no, tell tell me you'll introduce him to big red.
1: I'll introduce you to big red. He's (laughs) probably a little brain damaged at this point. (laughs) But.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, go go give those guys and Jamie a, a follow over there. They they do a lot of good work. Just talking talking ball and and everything else that's going on. We always well, have a good time.
1: We do. We're looking forward to the dual cast this uh, this fall with you guys. Always a great time. And we have another co host now. We got three, which anyway, oh, he has a little more. He he adds a little flavor to the mix. So it's uh, it'll definitely be a good time.
0: Names start with a J as well. Is that a
1: prerequisite? No, his uh, s Shane Lott. He's the the, okay. the he's the wizard of whiskey. So Ooh. he is a uh, he is a whiskey connoisseur, and um, part he has to take partaking the elements to have the um, patience to get on the show with me and Jason every <laughs> week. So <laughs> it's a good I'm, time.
0: No one says don't drink in pods. So
1: no, that's, that's, a, that's a great slogan. That's a that's another bumper sticker.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll workshop that. We got another year, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've got another year, right?
0: All right. Well, thank you, man. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for toughing it out with us. If you enjoy the show, please do go rate, review, subscribe. give give those guys a follow and and stay tuned. We got more conference USA to get through and figure out who is going to win this Wild West and everything else. So thanks for stopping by. Rice
1: fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.